This is a message that was recorded at Word of Life, a London City Church in Lewisham, London. May God bless you as you listen. share with you today will really challenge you, okay, because it was even challenging me when I was preparing it. You know, when people cook, I almost said when women cook, then I realize I'm a good cook. <laughs> they, don't they test the, the, the food to see if there is salt in it and to see if it's nice? So I had to taste this to see. <laughs> If I'm actually doing what I'm going to share with you today. Amen. Our theme for this month is called the pursuit of God. And so the, the, the title of my message for this afternoon is Show Me Your Glory. Or I can even put it this way, Show Me Your Face. Amen. Exodus 33, 18. And he said, please show me your glory. And these were the words of Moses to God as Moses went through this period of dialogue between himself and God. And whilst I was preparing this, I began to ask myself this question. How did we get there? How did Moses get to this place where he had to say to God, show me your glory? I don't know how long some of you have been believers in this place, but the question I want to ask you is, how thirsty are you for God? Amen. I don't know if you've ever come to that place in your walk with God where all you want is Him and nothing more. Amen. So, I want to quickly give you a picture. I'll try as much as possible not to read all the scriptures so that I can get into. When you look at, we have to go back to Exodus 24, okay, to really understand what this is all about. In Exodus 24, verse 1, 
God invites Moses and some of the elders to come up to him. Okay? And when we come to verse, 20, verse 9 to 18, it tells us that Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved walk of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. So what we see here is that these elders, Aaron included, actually went up with Moses. And they saw God. And what I want you to understand here is that when the Bible says to you, they saw God does not mean that they saw God physically. And I will still get to that as we go along. But what you see is that God showed them the beauty of his presence. Amen. As we go along, we then see that God then asked Moses to come up higher. And Moses went up higher. And we also see that in this scripture in Exodus 24, Moses stayed in the cloud, just waiting for God for six days. Amen. And then, God then calls him to come up another level. So what I want, the picture I want you to see is this. That in our walk with God, there is a level where we go with everyone. Okay? It could be conferences. It could be seminars. Then there is a level where we come on our own, waiting. And then there is a next level which we still need to get to, where he pulls us into his presence and he reveals things to us. Please, I want you to hang with me as I go through this. In this place, Moses, God reveals quite a lot to Moses. I want you to remember that Moses wrote the book of Genesis. He wrote the book of Exodus. He wrote the book of Leviticus. He wrote the book of Deuteronomy. Are you getting me? How did Moses get to know the book of Genesis? Where he writes about creation. Are you getting me? Where he writes about Abraham. Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, and how they went into slavery. Sometimes there are revelations you need that you can only get in the presence of God. Amen. And I'm not talking about sometimes some of us, oh, this is what the Lord is saying, this is what the Lord is saying. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real word from the throne room of grace. Okay? the download from heaven. Amen. So we come through all this. And then all of a sudden we come to Exodus 33 verse 1 to 3. Then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. 
and I'll send my angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Evites, the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst. Wow. I believe that God just has attention. How many of you are happy having an angel take you around? No, no, no. How many? Oh, you will want to have an angel. Because angels can do things that you cannot do. Wow. Can you imagine me knowing my angel is here? And I say, you see, those guys, they've been beating me up. Or they've hey, deal with them. Wouldn't you be happy to do that? <laughs> many of us will be excited. And many of us will even be satisfied with that. But the difference was that Moses knew that there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that can replace the presence of God in his life. He had tasted and he has seen that God is good. He has tasted and he has seen that God is powerful. He has tasted and he has seen that God can do and undo. How will you not trust the man who split the Red Sea into two? How will you not trust a man who by touching a rock, water comes out? How will you not trust a man that feeds over a million without blinking an eyelid, without going into bankruptcy? It says a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to me. Moses knew this, but he still was not satisfied with that angel. Hallelujah. How satisfied are you with where you are in your walk with God? Are you getting me? I want to really challenge us to move from just church, from just gathering. Amen? The difference between the children of Israel and Moses was that they had not tasted or seen the glory of God. If all you have known is to be held by others, you will never come to a place of standing on your own two feet. You always want someone to carry you. If you have never known what it means to be alone with God, spend time with Him alone, you will always need other people to stand in the gap for you. Am I saying that's wrong? No. But I'm saying to you that the eagle when he wants the eaglet to become an eagle, pulls the eaglet out and asks the eaglet to fly. And the eaglet fly! Fly! And as the eaglet is falling, he runs down, picks the eaglet back, puts the eaglet in the nest, in the nest, but he keeps coming until the eaglet begins to fly. We have got to stop being too dependent on our spouses to do the prayers. We've got to come to a place where we stop of being too dependent on other people doing the prayer for us. We've got to rise up. Do I have eagle Christians in the house? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Say to yourself, it's time for me to rise and fly. 
It's time for me to soar. If you have not known what it means to intercede for other people, you find it difficult to find people to intercede for. I think sometimes we miss all those principles. We've been fed and fed and fed and fed and fed. We've grown so fat. And some of us have even sat in a particular place in church and grown cobwebs. With knowledge of yesterday. What brought Israel to this point when God had to say, I'm not coming with you? Let's quickly go back to Exodus 32. Exodus 32, verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Are you getting me? Many of us sometimes can be like the children of Israel. Because we have focused on some one person, we feel that this person is the answer to everything. When the person either is removed... You become confused. Are you getting me? Or if that man of God falls, you become confused. Or you know what we do? We look for a substitute. And the children of Israel look for a substitute. But do you know what was so sad for me as I read this? I've never seen this before until today as I was reading it. I became sad because Aaron was with Moses when they went up that, mount, that mountain. And Aaron, Abihu, and Nadib, and the other 70 elders, the Bible says in, some, in Exodus 24, they saw God. Are you getting me? So why? Did they succumb? are looking for a substitute. The only reason why you succumb to looking for a substitute is when you're not satisfied with what you've got. Amen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. When we put our trust in man and not God, will get substitute. Amen. And when they got the substitute, you see that in Exodus 32, 4 to 6, there was a statement they made towards the end. This was what they said. They said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Amen. And there was a day I was reading that scripture, and as Moses and Joshua was coming down. And Joshua said to Moses, I hear the noise of war. Moses turned around to Joshua and said, No, 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 no. He said, It's singing. And the Lord said to me, Son, that's what you do in your senses. You dance around your idols and you say you're worshiping. Those of you in the worship team, you realize that I've been saying, I don't want this song. I don't want that song. Because sometimes we can worship the melody, 
and we really think we're worshiping God. <laughs> so Moses, in Exodus 33, now begins to speak to God. You know, one of the things that really hits me is that when I look at what's happening in the 21st century church, we have substituted the presence of God with events, methods, activities, conferences, organizations, comedians, talk shows, and then we wonder why we're stuck going round and round in a circle. Because, you see, those things never satisfy the soul. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 17, verse 15. He says, as for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. And when I awake, I will be satisfied in your presence. Amen. As I was preparing this morning, the Lord just reminded me of that scripture. And I, and I quickly went to look for it. It is time for us to be alone. Moses then decided, God, if you are not going with us, we're not going. We are not going. Are you happy to take that journey without God? Are you happy to take, make those decisions without God? I took a decision without God. I'm yet to say to my family, I'm sorry, but I'm waiting for the right time <laughs> to sit them down. I said, look, I goofed. And boy, guys, I goofed. And that's why you never take decisions based on your emotions. Moses knew what the journey was going to be like. So he said, God, if you do not go with us, we're not leaving this place. And God said, Moses, Moses. Will go with you. You found grace. I know you by name. But Moses did not stop. I wondered why Moses kept pressing. Remember, God has said, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to send an angel. But Moses steps in and says, God, you're not. I want you to come with us. Does God know you that much that you can stand and say to him, Lord, if you do not go with me, I'm not doing this thing. Do you know that that's what God is wanting? Do you know that's where God wants us to come to? To get to a place where we can say, God, this is what we are believing you for, for this community. If you don't move in this community, then get us out of this community. And God will then say, hey, my children mean business. I must act quickly. <laughs> he says, God. And he gets even more interesting. Let's look at Verse 15. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Listen, what's the first thing there? Grace. 
except you go with us. Then look at the second thing that is quite interesting. So we shall be separate. So we shall be distinguished. So we shall be completely, people will see and they will know God is with us. That's what he was saying. You know, sometimes we have conferences, we have, and we jump and we scream, but God is not there. And that's why Moses was saying, we're not doing this conference without you. We're not doing this meeting without you. I want to say to you, people of God, there's got to be a difference in the church. The church has got to be different. Because the church was birthed in power, the church must walk in power. God keeps speaking to Moses, but we come to verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. People of God, how many of you think that God was upset with Moses for being so persistent? No, he wasn't. I could just see him smile. I could just see God smile saying, yes, I am wanted, I am loved, I am desired, I am needed. Well, you know, Moses was not done with God yet. Amen. People sometimes think I preach against grace. My wife <laughs> will say to me, can you stop this? Listen, I'm not talking about grace. I'm actually talking about the understanding of grace. Because there, God says to him, you have found grace with me. Did God not say that? I know you by name. I will give you rest. But he says, that is not enough. Amen. He says, it is not enough. But what do I mean here? I'm asking you, how satisfied are you with God? How much more of God do you want? How much more of the Holy Spirit do you want? Are you satisfied with what you've got? Are you satisfied with where you are? The grace of God enables us to be in His presence. The grace of God enables us to desire Him. The grace of God is there. But if we just look at the at grace from one angle, we're like the five blind people holding an elephant. One holds a tusk and says the elephant is long and rough. One holds the foot and says it's big. One holds the tail and says it's small. Who are they describing? They're all describing the same elephant. But the truth is that the elephant is all that combined. So the grace of God must not be seen in isolation of one thing. He must see it in the total. He must be seen in the whole. That the grace of God enables. That we are saved by grace. That the grace of God teaches. Are you getting me, people of God? And so Moses is at this point and says... I'm still not satisfied. What I want to see is your glory. Hallelujah. What I want to see is your glory. Hallelujah. And you and my might say, Moses, what are you talking about? Show me your glory. What are you talking about? And people of God, Moses has been in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights. Is that not enough? He saw the glory of God. Hallelujah. 
Moses has been with God. He's seen all these things that God has done. Is that not enough? But I believe what Moses was saying was more than just glory. What Moses was saying was that I do not want the cloud veiling you from me anymore. <laughs> Take off the cloud. I'm not... I have seen enough miracles to last me my lifetime. But I want to see your face. How many of you believe that's what he was asking for? And I can show you in scripture. Moses was pressing beyond everything. He was saying, show me your face. So let me show you that he was actually talking about God showing him his face. How do I know this? Look at God's response. In verse 19. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I'll be compassion. I'll have compassion to whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. Why did he go from, show me your glory, to you cannot see my face? Because that's what Moses was asking. Moses wanted to see the beauty. Moses wanted to see more than just miracles. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. Moses was a prince in Egypt. But guess what? Moses did not want to return to Egypt. But slaves who had been free wanted to return to slavery. Are you getting me? That's the difference between us as believers, when we have been set free, when you have tasted of just a little bit of God, you want more. I want more of God. I want so much more of God because I'm not satisfied with where I am. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to be, but I really want Him. I want I will sometimes say to you, Lord, kill me. I say, kill me. Break me. Listen, why should we gather here? And there are people who need breakthroughs. There are people who need healing. There are people who need God to do something. And we come, you listen to me. No, there's got to be more than this. Why do you think people run from conference to conference? They're looking for something. And I found out that the best place to get it is in that closet. When Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, he says, when you pray, go into the secret place and pray to your Father who hears in secret. And your father who hears in secret will do what? Reward you openly. The men of God we are chasing after. Do you know how many hours some of them spend? I think it was one man of God who said he had prayed 48 hours non-stop. And he was talking to someone else. And that one said, I prayed for 72 hours. If some of them passed for 120 days. 
what makes you think you can do the same thing? You know why you can do grace? <laughs> grace. Amen. Listen. The highest form pursuit of God is to say to him, I want to see you. To have seen miracles after miracles and yet not get tired of waiting more for more of God. Pursuing him, not for the miracles, but for him. The lack of this pursuit has brought us to the state we are right now. Because now we're pursuing men. Oh, hallelujah. Please, 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 before you think I'm battering conferences or seminars. No, I am not. You do gain, we do gain from them. I was at one yesterday. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is beyond all those things that we run to. Because you see, when trouble comes, when challenges come, the conference will not be there to help you. I've just, we were at a, 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 a service of song yesterday. And this woman has a son who has a stroke, who can't even walk properly, can't talk properly. And not only that, his last born died three weeks ago, and he's not 50 yet. And the woman sits there, she's weeping. But guess what? She's reading the Bible. They say when they go into the room, she does it with her Bible, she's reading it. You know why? Because she has learned to come to a place of contentment in God. Because she seeks after him. Because she seeks his face. I have a friend whose wife was in hospital for two years. He had to stop all his job, his, his ministry. Then his wife died. Then as he finished burying his wife, his sister died. Then as he finished burying his sister, his mom dies. All in the same year. And he's still praising God. <laughs> Are you getting me? People of God, my message today is to encourage you. Is to challenge you and challenge you that we should pursue God. Above all things, let's pursue Him. Amen. Where is the thirst for God? Where is the thirst for God in the 21st century church? Hear the cry of David's heart in Psalm 63 1 to 2. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Sister Eleanor was telling earlier about being in the wilderness. David was in the wilderness when he wrote this. Amen. This was one of his signs. And you can see from the beginning, he recognizes God as God. But he still says, there is a first. There is a first. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Let me quickly read what, say to you what Spurgeon said. He said, the word early has not only the sense of early in the morning, but that of eagerness, immediateness. He who truly longs for God, longs for him now. It's not tomorrow. Amen. He says this again. He says, there was no desert in his heart, though there was a desert around him. His heart was in a dry and thirsty land. Learn from this and do not say, I will get into communication with God when I feel better. But long for communion now. It is one of the temptations of the devil to tell you you are not to pray when you do not feel like praying. Guess what he says? He says, pray twice as much. <laughs> oh, time is going. I better bring this to a close. But I want you to understand one thing. That no one can come to the Father except That we chase after him, we pursue him, is a desire that is put inside of us. How many of you have that desire? Amen. You know what happens sometimes is people, people switch off from my messages <laughs> because I don't preach those palatable messages. My message is a message of imperishable hunger. There's got to be an insatiable hunger in us as believers. Amen. We've got to know God. We've got to say, God, we want to know you. I was speaking to someone and I said to him, you read the Bible. Why do you read the Bible? Is it to know the Bible? No, 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 no. no. You're not reading the Bible to know the Bible. You're reading the Bible to know the author of the Bible. How many of you read your manual, your television manual, to know the television manual? Or your smartphone, do you read it because you want to know the, 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 the manual? No, you want to know how that manual works. <laughs> how that appliance works. So, read, you don't have to memorize the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I don't period for that. I just read it. And then I mark it. Scribble here, scribble there. Okay, so that when I come up, so sometimes when you think I know the scripture so well, it's just that I scribble those things there. Sometimes I put paper in between so that when I come <laughs> What I'm trying to say to you, know God for yourself. Know God for yourself. Amen. And that will be the pursuit of I'll be looking deeper again in what it means to know God. Even as he says, let the rich man not delight himself in his riches. He says, let him who delight himself delight in things that they know him. Amen. Can we stand in our good place? I have a prayer here. I want us to pray. I'm pleased you forgive me because I've asked um, my luck to take the offering at the end. Okay. Um, so, let's pray this prayer. I ask them to put it up there. 
have you seen it there? So please pray it out loud on the count of two. One, two, go. Pants for the water. So does my soul long for you, O God. I have tasted of your goodness. It has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire for more of you. O God, the triune God, I want to want you. I long to be filled with longing for you. I thirst for the made thirst here still. Please show me your glory. Give me the grace to rise and follow you from this dry and thirsty land where I have wandered for so long that I may follow after you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Begin to thank God for that. Begin to thank God for that. Ask Him to fill you. Ask Him to fill you. Ask Him to fill you with a desire for more. Ask Him to fill you with a desire to chase after Him. Ask Him to fill you with a desire to pursue Him. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you, O God, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. If there is anyone in this place, you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're watching even right now, we all have sinned. But the one thing the Word of God says that it is not the will of God that any man perishes. And so I want to encourage you that if you know that you have not got Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you need a Savior, you need a Redeemer, Jesus is the Savior, is the Redeemer. And so I would like you to pray this prayer. I'd like you to pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I trust you, and I believe that you're the Son of God. You died, and you rose again. I ask you to please come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've said that prayer for the first time here, please lift up your hands, and we will come to you. Is there anyone who wants to give their life to Jesus here, and you're saying that prayer for the first time? Or if you're watching us on, on, on YouTube or Facebook at this point in time, you can just get in contact with us. The details will be online for you to see. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and continue to make His face to shine on you. If you have been blessed by this message, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.wordoflife-lcc.org. And remember, God loves you 